Well, this was a different message. Um, the title of it is Alternative Lifestyle. Um, when I thought of alternative lifestyle, I wanted... I know that when you hear that word, you probably, there's a myriad of things that run through your mind when you hear alternative lifestyle. And so I wanted to take uh, a, a couple minutes and just look at alternative lifestyle and some definitions that our society is giving to us. And so what better place to go than Wikipedia? So I went, I typed alternate, alternative lifestyle, and first thing that comes up is Wikipedia. And I thought, okay. Well, let's look at Wikipedia. And here's what Wikipedia defines as an alternative lifestyle. An alternative lifestyle is a lifestyle diverse in respect to mainstream ones or generally perceived to be outside the cultural norm. Lifestyle is a media cultural term derived from the concept of style and art. Usually, not always... It implies an infinity or identification within some matching subculture. And then underneath it, it says examples. So I thought, okay, what are some examples of it? Well, Wikipedia gives these examples. Well, the first one, you're going to be going, oh, boy. The first one is nudism or clothing-optional lifestyle. So that is a light, that is one of them, but we don't have any pictures for that, so that's good today, Okay. <laughs> Living in unusual communities such as communes, international communes, eco-villages, and something that's around here off the grid. And I've seen in town tiny houses or the tiny house movement is what they call. Then they have this subcategory called traveling subcultures. And including that would be lifestyle travelers and then house trucking. And I thought, what in the world is house trucking? And then I looked up house trucking, and there's house trucking right there. So there are people that are taking these trucks, and they're building houses on them, and they're like kind of getting together and living in these communes or going to concerts, and they're living in house trucks. I, I heard about another subculture, and I think, I don't know. Kristen, tell me if it's true or not. Did you call yourself a dirt bag or dirt bagging? Okay. A dirt bag or a dirt bagger is usually someone who sleeps in their car for more than one or two nights. I mean, they travel all over the country. It's a subculture, dirtbagging. And I've seen, I saw a lot of it last week because a lot of climbers are dirtbaggers. I mean, I talked to them and they're like, yeah, I've been traveling all over, the, all over the country and I've been living out of my car for the last six months. And I'm going, oh my gosh. Uh, so Kristen's kind of a dirtbagger to some extent, but not really. She's not a pure one, okay? I know she doesn't have a problem with it, and here's why I know she doesn't have a problem with this. Because when we were moving her, she said, well, I'll just sleep out of my car. And I said, absolutely not. And about the time I got absolutely not out, Carl Brown and I said, yeah, we've got a room in our house. And I said, we've got a guest room. And no, you're not sleeping on the street in the back of your car. It's not going to happen. So we didn't want to let uh, Kristen be a dirtbagger. Okay, so <laughs> house trucking and new age traveling. I don't know what that's about. Okay, so then there's body modification, which includes tattooing, piercing, suspension. That's where they get hooked up and then they hang suspended. And then trans, uh, what's it, transdermal implants. So they put these things in their bodies and they make, what, okay. (laughs) Sounds painful to me, but that's part of it. Then then they've got the non-normative sexual lifestyle, which would be, 
BDSM, LGBT, swinging, same-sex relationships, and then it keeps going on, and all kinds of different examples of what an alternative lifestyle is. So at this point, most of you guys are going, okay, what are you getting after, Pastor John? Where are we going with this one? This is crazy. Well, here's the reality. The reality is that we live in a postmodern world. Many, if not most of those lifestyles that I mentioned just a while ago, are accepted as norm today. They're part of the mainstream lifestyle. I thought, hmm, let me look up another place for definition. So what do you go? You go to about.com. And about.com says alternative lifestyles in three ways. The first first way is method of living one's life that is contrary to social norms. The second one is unconventional participation within society. And the third one was really interesting to me. And this is what they say in about.com. A philosophy or a way of thinking that differs from Main Street culture or society, i.e., an example, monotheism or Abrahamic belief system. Guess what that is? Christianity. Did you know that? That's us. Those of us who believe in God and God alone. And we don't believe in multiple gods, but believe that God is the creator of the heavens and the universe. And about.com says that we are part of the alternative lifestyle. It seems like everything is turned upside down, and once what was right is wrong, and now what was wrong before is right today. And as Christians, we're outside of the cultural norms. All we hear about is people saying, well, there's no absolutes. Truth is relative. And what do we say? No. Truth is not relative. Truth is based on the absolute, the absolute word of God. Our lives are governed by the Word of God. And so the world is saying, <coughs> no, there's no absolute. Well, guess that what that makes us. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are now the ones who are called to live an alternative lifestyle. We're called to live a life of holiness, which is totally different than the world around us. We're called to live our lives according to God and His plans and purposes. We're to to be set apart. The Scripture tells us that we're set apart. We have been chosen. The Scripture tells us that we've been chosen. We've been forgiven. Our lives have been saved. Our lives have been changed through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Christ died for all of us. And those of us here today who are choosing to follow Christ as his followers, our lives are to be alternative. We are to live an alternative lifestyle. We are not iChristians. We have iPhones. We have iPods. We have iMovies. But we are not iChristians. We are His children. We are not alone. We are not to do everything for our own self, but we are to do it for Him. God is calling us to live an alternative lifestyle. And that alternative lifestyle is going to change, is going to challenge morals, it's going to change, challenge politics. It's going to challenge social structures. 
because we live in a postmodern world and it's all around us. We're called to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ and his message, the gospel message, in a sick, sin sick world. As Christ followers, our lives are to be different from the world around us. We're to speak differently, we're to live differently, we're to act differently. We're to begin to be doing things in all of our actions to bring glory to God. God's calling us to a lifestyle of holiness, an alternative lifestyle, to walk down a very, very narrow path. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 read like this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. And its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the highway to life is very narrow. And the road is difficult. And only a few will find it. I don't know about you, but these words grab my attention. Jesus is not messing around. He's not mixing words. He's saying, ignore God. Reject Jesus as Savior. Follow the broad road. It leads to hell. That's what Jesus is saying. It's a narrow road. It's not an easy road. It's a tough road. Obey God, accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, and this path leads to heaven. Jesus says, no one can come to the Father. He said somewhere else in Scripture in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The truth. And guess what kind of truth that is? It's not relative. It's absolute. And the absolute truth is, without Jesus Christ and without his death on the cross, we live a Christless eternity, eternity in, in hell. John 14, 23 and 24 says this, and this is what Jesus is saying, and he's replying to a question that's asked him. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them. And we will come and make our home with each of them. And anyone who does not love me will not obey me. And remember my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from my Father who sent me. Jesus is the only way. And he's saying that those who love him and follow him, well, our lives are meant to be different. We're meant to live an alternative lifestyle. Different from the world around us. We're called to live a life of holiness. Now, I'm going to read a real long passage of Scripture here. And it's found in 1 Peter, verses 1, 13 through 23. So, so follow along with me. So prepare your minds for action. Exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You, don't, you, you didn't know better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God has chosen you, just as God who chose you is holy, for the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. That's what God says. You must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live 
and reverent fear of him during your time here as a temporary resident. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And he is not paid with mere gold or silver, which loses their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose you at, God chose you as your ran, ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Though through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. There it is. He raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. There's a promise there. Your new life will last forever. Why? Because it comes from the eternal life of God. And then as I was reading this just now, something caught my attention. And it's, it's, it's in relationship to what Deanne said this morning. Love each other dearly with all your hearts. And part of our loving each other dearly is loving those in our community around us. It's loving the children who, who are in a bad situation and they need someone to come in and love on them and show them the true and genuine love of Jesus Christ. That's an act of holiness. It may be tough. It may be uncomfortable. It may stretch you financially. But that's one of the ways that we can do that. We see from what we've just read that because of what God has done for us, we've been saved, we've been set free, we've been ransomed, He's even healed us, and we've been restored and forgiven. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? I'm so glad that I can walk today in freedom. I love the song that we say, I'm no longer a slave to fear because we're free. And who Christ frees, he frees indeed. Totally and completely, that's who Christ frees. In light of all that Christ has done for us, we're called by him to live an alternative lifestyle. We're called by Jesus to be people who are set apart. We're called to be holy because, guess what? He's holy. We're called to act differently in thought and action. For some of us, being a Christian is just acting. It's a religious duty. But it's a religious duty not understanding a relationship we have with Jesus Christ. It's Sunday. What does Sunday mean? Sunday means that we do church. And what does doing church look like? Well, doing church looks like putting on really nice clothes, making sure all the wrinkles are kind of ironed out or shook out. Doing Sunday church means getting in the car, and for some of us, arguing with our families on the way to church, but as soon as we get in the parking lot, all right, everybody, put your smile on. <laughs> Got that church smile? Yep, brother. <laughs> Got that church smile going on. Then we walk through the door, and we're all kind and considerate and happy that we're here. 
and we're acting like everything's okay. And then we get back out the front door, and the smile starts to come down. We get in the car. It's a little hot. The door's closed. The air conditioner's not working right. And someone just spilled some Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then the act turns something differently because we're not filled with God's Spirit, because we're not being holy as He calls us to be holy. For some of us, being a Christian at work means that, well, we don't have to quite be like we do on our church Sunday smile, um, but we need to smile and greet people, but we really don't have to be compassionate to them and, and you know, I'm busy anyways, and no, I don't have time to sit and listen to your problems, and, and uh, i got to make a paycheck just like you do, instead of, oh, let me listen to your problem. Can I pray for you? So because we don't have a bunch of Christians or people we go to church with around us, we can drop our act down to another level. So when we come to church, we have this act, then we go to, then we go to work, we have this act, then when we get to the house, well, I don't even want to describe the house's act because that's crazy. I mean, that is a really crazy act until someone from the church knocks on the front door. And then when someone from the church knocks on the front door, everything gets straightened up, everybody gets a smile, the door's opened up, and we all welcome like everything's good. I don't know. I'm talking about myself, I think. Yeah, that's right, Betty. I think so. <laughs> Acting like Christians uh, around the world and being a true follower of Jesus Christ means that we're to bring glory to God in everything we do. Our focus has to be on God, not on ourselves. God has to be in the middle of our lives and not on the edges. He has to be in the middle of our life, not on the edges. Okay? And how do we truly live an alternative lifestyle? Well, Matthew 22, 37 and 38 says this. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. What are the loves of our heart? Our passion, our work, our free time? Is that what the love of our heart is? What about the love of our soul? What is it that we really, really worship? When something is the love of our soul, we would be willing to die for that person, that thing, or that ideology. Our souls are eternal, so what is it in our lives that we are willing to love for all eternity? And the verse that we read earlier, Jesus re- is replying to a question that was posed to him about the greatest commandment. And Jesus says, God is who is our utmost, is to be our utmost in our lives. It is God who we are to love. God is the one who cares for our soul more than we could ever imagine. That's why he was willing to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. For the things that are keeping us that's why that happened. And what about, allow, uh, what, what do we do with our minds? What is the love of our thinking? When we have a spare moment, 
sometime quiet, where do we go? Where does our mind turn to? Is it to God? When we get bored, do we go to His Word? Or do we go to the television? I'm not saying that watching a wholesome show is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that if we have been spending time reading His Word throughout the day and thinking about Jesus, then that means that God is truly the one that's the love of our mind. Because we're allowing our mind to be bathed by Him. When we turn our focus on God and build an intimate relationship with Him, we'll spend less time going through the motions. We'll put away the acting and be that real thing. Our plans will come in line with His plans. Our goals in life will come in line with His goals for our life. Our purposes for living will come in line with His purpose for our life. And People all around us are looking for something authentic. They're looking for the real deal. That's what people want. Hey, I get it. Sometimes it's difficult in our lives, and, and uh, sometimes it's tough to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. We find ourselves falling back or evenly, even purposely stepping back into old ways of life. You know, sometimes we say we just fell back, but let's be honest with ourselves. The reality is sometimes we step back And I'd hate to admit it, but sometimes we run back to the old ways of our lives because those are the comfortable things that we've been doing. Even when we step back into things that we know are not right and and they're momentary pleasures and they make us feel good and we know that when we step back into them, our conscience will eat us alive, we still choose to step back into it. We don't slide back into it, folks. And what God's saying is that our minds need to be stayed on Him. He's the one that renews our minds. And people all around us are looking and wanting to see what an authentic follower of Jesus Christ is. One person said that, that said this, this is what happens when you try to live your lives from the outside in. We are to live our lives from the inside out. And too many of us in our acting are trying to live from the outside in instead of the inside out. And maybe the reason we're not living from the inside out is because there's not a whole lot inside. Maybe we're not spending the time reading God's Word, spending the time on our knees praying, spending the time worshiping Him so that we have something inside that will dictate what goes on the outside. When Christ is in control of the inside of our lives, the acting is gone. We give him control and follow his ways and his wills. You know, we're good in our culture about compartmentalizing. And we do that a lot. And I see Ryan shaking his head over there because he deals with people who compartmentalize their lives all day long. And it's time to get done with the compartmentalization. It's time to stop acting. It's time to be true followers of Jesus Christ. I read this week from one writer that said, Some Christians behave like actors in a drama, not disciples on a journey. Too many Christians are living a life of outward behavior modification. You hear that? 
Too many Christians are living a life of outward behavioral modification. It's not from the outside. It has to come from the inside. What we really need is an encounter with our loving, living, holy God. Our Heavenly Father. We have to have that encounter. You know, I just I read previously in 1 Peter, chapter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, I read, For the Scripture says, You must be holy because I am holy. And this verse is isn't taken from the Old Testament from the book of Leviticus in the 11th chapter. I know you guys remember this, those of you who are adults. And some of you who are younger, you've probably already heard this too. I remember I hear, hearing this. Um, I, I remember my mom and dad asking me to do something. And, and I said, why? And what was the answer? Because I said so. Because I said so. And to some degree, that's what God's saying to us. Be holy because I am holy. Because God says so. It's absolute truth, folks. There's, there's no argument. There's no rationalization about any of this. He's saying to be holy. And guess what? If God says... <clears throat> that we're to be holy? He's not expecting us to do it on, our, on ourselves. Guess what he did? He provided the Holy Spirit to come and live within us and to power us and to fill us. And through the Holy Spirit, we have all the resources that it takes to live an alternative lifestyle of holiness. When we encounter the manifest presence of Jesus Christ, and we've been talking about that for the last six weeks or more, our lives are and will be changed. My life is not the same as it was six weeks ago. I guarantee that. Because I'm encountering God's presence more and more and more each day. And I so long for you all to have that. I want you to have that. As we turn our focus on Christ each and every day, we'll begin to realize that He's close at hand And that God wants to be a part of every part of our lives. The problem is, is that we're not aware of his presence. Because we're not actively looking for Christ around us throughout the day. When you go to the grocery store. And you get all your groceries. And you go to the, get into the line. What's going on in your mind? Probably, well, I hope I got all the groceries. I, uh. I hope she doesn't mismark this or maybe my Safeway card will give me a bigger discount. And Would you hurry up and get all the groceries to the line so I could get out of here because I've got to get home and cook or I've got to get home and give this to my wife so that she can get a meal for me. <laughs> Instead of, I wonder if this lady knows Jesus Christ. I wonder if this man knows Jesus Christ. I wonder what's going on in his or her life. I wonder what burdens they're carrying. I wonder if I could pray for them right now while I'm standing in line. I wonder if I could do that. Well, if you're wondering that, guess what? You can. While he or she is checking out, you could be praying God's blessing upon them. What's that? That's looking for the manifest presence of God right there. When you you start thinking that way, then what's happening in your life? Your life is beginning to change. You're not an I Christian. You're you're someone who is out there as a follower of Jesus looking to see who you can touch and how you can bring God's uh, God's love to them. 
how you can connect with them. How you can connect with them. And how you can connect them to Christ. So what are we thinking? I mean, I want to be really honest with you. Oftentimes I go through the line and I don't think that way. Even yesterday I wasn't thinking that way. I was with my friend David Poxwell from Indonesia and we were standing in line and instead of me thinking about the needs of the particular person who was checking, him, checking us out, I told him everything about the guy's life that I'd known from other people who were gossiping around him. I want to confess that was sin, folks. What I should have said is, you know what? Let's pray for this man. Let's pray for this person. Because he has some needs. She has some needs. But I didn't do that. And I've asked God to forgive me, and he's already forgiven me, by the way. Because I was here this morning, finishing this up, and the Lord said, yeah, that's a good illustration, but what about you yesterday, Jonathan? Yeah, that was really good. I said, yep, you're right, Lord. Man, I hate that. I just can't stand that. (laughs) So we understand that he is right here with us all the time. Not just when we show up for church on Sunday morning or when our home group comes and we attend our home group throughout the week. And guess what? Not when Pastor Ken shows up and is around. That's not when Jesus is here. He's here all the time. Of course, when Pastor Ken comes, I guess he brings a little more of that with him, I hope. God wants us to always be aware of his presence. That what we say, he's hearing. What we watch, he looks at and sees. How we treat people around us, he's aware. God's calling us to be different from the world in not a weird way, but in a way that shows that we are true followers of Jesus. People all around us are watching. They want to see the real thing. Are we choosing to live an alternative lifestyle? A lifestyle of holiness. We are choosing, we need to be choosing to be aware of his presence around us. Choosing to live a life of holiness, to be set apart, to live in such a way that we know that God is pleased with us and that we are bringing Him glory because, after all, we're His sons and daughters and we have a loving, loving Heavenly Father. My challenge to us today is to live a holy life through the Holy Spirit. This is not a life of do's and don'ts, but it's a life of obedience to God's Word to his spirit. Let's live an alternative lifestyle, one of holiness. Let's pray. Father, your word says, be ye holy because I'm holy. And you know who I am, Lord. You know that there are many times throughout the day when I forget your presence Forget your holiness. And I want to ask you to forgive me for that, Lord. Whenever I'm in your presence, I sense your holiness. And sensing your holiness allows me to live my life in a way that that comes in line with you, Father. And I thank you for your love. And I thank you for your desire to manifest yourself in my life. And more than that, Lord, I I thank you that your desire is to manifest yourself in all of our lives here today. 
the Holy Spirit as we enter into worship to God our Father in heaven continue to speak to our lives Holy Spirit help us to live an alternative lifestyle a lifestyle of holiness through you to bring glory and honor to God our Father in heaven we love you you're present here right now We thank you for your presence. Continue to move. Continue to lead and guide us, I pray. And that name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus, I pray.